What uh, we have experienced over this season of Lent comes to a fuller point now. The effort, the openness, the desire, the calling that we have had in regard to uh, our practices and this relationship that we have with the Lord is uh, awakening. And Lent is always a season which many people experience something very tangible and effect that they point to, that they long for, that when it begins again, you sort of like, oh yeah, that's why I love this season. And it's because we're called into it in ways that maybe uh, we don't even realize we're doing, but it's easy for people to think prayer, fasting, almsgiving, kind of everybody intuits, oh yeah, I mean, I should pray more than I do. Okay, I'll start trying now. Right? And even just that little response to grace has an effect. And we experience that. We feel that effect. And then the liturgy is this place where the church comes together and sort of guides us and calls us and gathers us in particular ways, sort of if you can think in a topographical uh, dynamic that there's sometimes these valleys that the church wants us to experience. Even if maybe we aren't there, it wants us to go there for a moment that then it can take us to a place high that we can know the effect of being at the top. And again, I can't, uh, I, I think this experience will be with me for a long time of walking into that uh, lobby there and having everybody, you know, it looked like a junior high dance. You're all like standing against the wall, <laughs> wondering what to do, you know, knowing you want to be there, but you're not sure how to get into the thing you really want. And the dynamic that changed by a simple question. Would you meet one person you've never talked to before, please? And as I came back through, the place was like, uh, I mean, it was, I was like, oh my God. Now, I was just at the Holy Spirit boot camp retreat, a broom tree, and they have this uh, like loft chapel up above and then everybody below. And last night, the place was like, off its rocker. So I was like, oh my gosh, I can't take this anymore. But then I was like, oh, what happened there is happening here. Right? But it took someone to enter in to put something into motion. It took a desire for something more than the circumstances were making possible. And then what the heart wanted was even greater than one could imagine. Now, it's possible that very likely, as, as we mentioned before, that if you came in afterward, right? Raise your hand if you didn't know the thing that happened before. You just came in and everybody was chatting. Raise your hands really high. So I see. I mean, that's a good, at least half of you. Did any of you wonder like, wow, this is interesting. Like, whoa, everybody, it's Palm Sunday. Everybody's really alive. This is great. It kind of lifted your heart, I bet, just by walking in. And you probably had a different effect than the people who came in when it was quiet and silent, right? We respond to the circumstances. What we must continue to realize is that God responded to the circumstances in the heart of the Father, and he responds to the circumstances of humanity, and he desires a life that can't be created on its own. And for us to go deeply, for you that entered in to see the joy, or for someone to have entered into the retreat that we were just on, to go in deeper and say, I wonder what began this. 
How did this originate? Now, we could just be uh, uh, taken, partaking of it and never ask that question. But then we never become flames that can go out and have it happen again. We always have to stay close to the fire so that we don't lose it. But if we understand who lit the flame, if we understand what made the thing happen, then we can understand the method with which it happens again. And then we can go out and we can pray and we can live in ways in which things come alive wherever it is that we go. And sure, there was a wisdom that I had to the question, but everyone can do it. You just pay attention to your heart and the circumstances. Now, if Spencer had said, hey, everybody, I think it's kind of quiet in here. Talk to somebody you don't know. Do you think people would listen to Spencer? Nope. kind of end up weird, I think. And then Spencer would be like, I'm never doing that again. Well, maybe it's because Spencer's too tall and he's intimidating. How about if Amanda did it? Would you do it if Amanda said, hey, everybody, let's just do something. Talk to someone you don't know. Well, I mean, it is Amanda, so maybe. No, listen to your heart. But what could you do? You could talk to the person next to you. And in a real risk, but in a way that I think your heart would say, this isn't weird, you could say to somebody, hey, you know what? I see you at Mass on Sundays. I don't know who you are. What's your name? Say, oh, I think you live on my floor. We have, uh, how many of you are in a class with someone that you see at Mass every Sunday and you've never talked to them? Like, that's a moment. You can be like, you can cross that. And then your heart will tell you it's not weird. It took a risk, but it's not weird. And then something can happen that says, I'm so glad I did that. This is the life in which we realize there is an origin to with which things happen. If we go deeper into where it is that happened, how it happened, and pay attention to our circumstances, we can become instruments of making it happen again. I've been having a conversation with some people who aren't Christian but have religious traditions. And the fascinating thing that I never expected in going into this place to begin to wonder is that they have differing opinions about the history of their religious practice and about whether it's really true. And it struck me for the first time as I'm reading this. You guys, we must go to the history of what it is that we're doing here and ask ourselves, is this really true? Do we really believe Jesus Christ claimed to be the Son of God? We are here today, Palm Sunday, celebrating a fact in history that can't be denied. But if we don't go deep into this reality to say, my gosh, what does this mean? To see that maybe the life that I want originates way back then. The one that has something that's changing me met someone else who changed them, met someone else who changed them. And to go and to go back, 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 back and realize, my gosh, those people who had met Jesus, who raised those palms on that day 
had something happen that made them gather together as he was coming, even though everybody else was watching and didn't understand and say, this one, this one has me. And that's why we come here today. And we may come because we don't even quite understand, but someone we know is here. We may come with various places. We may be in a low right now, or maybe we're in a high right now. But the liturgy helps us go through those things. The music changes at the liturgy. The readings change at the liturgy. Our disposition changes for the liturgy. And at this moment, we have this like little peak, right? We went from purple to red, right? We kind of have a little bit of celebration. What are we doing? In the ancient times, the palms were signs of victory. The people that were raising these palms, the people that were putting these palms before him, the people that were doing this, what they were saying is we live in a culture that says that this thing is given to somebody who wins a race. They're saying that this thing is a sign or a symbol of when a king or a queen or somebody in, in uh, a place sort of has a victory in a battle or, or is crowned or whatever these things are. This is the sign that says that one is the victor. And that's why we're raising palms. But we can just raise the palms and never see what it means for us. Do we see that Jesus Christ is a victor in our lives? That Jesus Christ, without him, we'd be losing a battle of some sort. Whatever your battle is. That's why we're here. Now, maybe just like them, you're like, oh, really? I never thought about that. Yeah, that's fine. That's the way Jesus works. He like, kind of like brings us through a different door. And then when we get here, we're like, oh, this is what you were going to do. Oh. On this retreat, I met a young man who's not from around here. So uh, I didn't have a chance to ask him to tell the story, but I prayed about it. <laughs> he had moved to this city and the pandemic hit. And imagine no one know, knowing no one in a new place when all of that came down. And somewhere along the line, I didn't get all of the details, but eventually there was a day when he was outside and a group of students were walking to the Newman Center. And as they walked by, they said to him, hey, we're going to go to the Newman Center and light some candles and pray for an end of the pandemic. Do you want to come? A people who are going to a place and using a tangible object to say, we believe that he is the victor. And these are our circumstances and we need him to conquer them. I don't know how much, what percent of those prayers from those students God heard and used to bring about the journey to overcome the circumstances. But what I do know is that man wasn't a believer. And now, next Saturday, he'll be entering the church.
I bet, for the rest of that man's life. When he sees a candle, he thinks of Jesus. And the surprising ways in which a people can cross your paths that have a history that you are called into. You wouldn't be sitting here today if you didn't belong to that same story. And maybe various ones of you feel like you're just a part of the pack that's passing by. Or you're the one who is comfortable to invite someone in. Or you're the one who was invited in. Or maybe you know someone in your dorms or in your classroom who the Holy Spirit has been prompting you to say, hey, we're going here or there. Do you want to come? Spending a few days with the students who are still on the retreat and just finishing up, I realized that the signs of Christ's victory in this world are going to look different than palms that we raise here today. But the signs are evident. As I looked around at young people who weren't on these, and no one told us, put your phones away, I thought to myself, there's something here filling their lives, and these are not needed. And the fact you don't see these cell phones is a sign of the victor of their hearts. And then, as they would be around and whatever reasons they'd have them, I saw a couple of them and realized they're just like me that the screensaver on their phone is like lifting a palm in the air. And I don't know the history of each person, but I'm pretty confident that there was a moment in which they went from having a screensaver that was one way and thought, you know what? I kind of like this one. For me, it's an image of Pope Benedict at the Easter Vigil lighting the Christ candle. In the midst of darkness, there is a history of people who bring the light. And soon after I was welcomed into a people, I read the words of Pope Benedict in God is Love that said, Christianity is not a set of ethics or morals or rules of behavior, but the encounter with an event that changes your life and opens up a new horizon and sets you on a new direction. And when I read those words, I knew that one who had a history had called me in. I pray that the world might experience the event of Jesus Christ that we have come here to proclaim.
but I wouldn't have experienced it if someone hadn't called me in. Let us give thanks today for those that have passed our way and asked us to join them.